0: Wake up, The sun's up, the light has dawned. Get moving, the night is over, the darkness is past. Wake up, See what's going on. You know? These are the teens. Come on. Get with it. Wake up. Um, the Great Awakening. The Great Awakening. Church historians say that in America there have been three great awakenings where people have awakened and seen that the night has passed, that the darkness is over, and they look forward to a new day of light and moving into that light. The first great awakening in our country was in the mid-1700s when we moved from an institutional understanding of religion uh, organized on European models to a more democratic way of going about religion and practicing religion. You know, you can see how that uh, kind of went hand in glove with the American Revolution of the emphasis on the individual. Around 1800 to 1820, the second great awakening was um, when we moved from a Calvinist understanding of faith, where God, you know, was up there, kind of a stern... Judgmental God, a predestined life where, where people don't change, they don't transform. You know, free will doesn't really exist. And the Great Awakening was, no, there is free will. One can have a relationship with God and one can change one's life. One can be transformed. You know, and this ties in with uh, the populist movement that was taking place in our country then. The third Great Awakening was 1890 to 1910. Um, It had two aspects. One was the social gospel, where people became very involved in caring for the poor and the dispossessed and the needy, that the gospel had to be expressed in society, and Pentecostalism, where the Spirit was animating the church. That was the third Great Awakening. Some people think we are on the verge, and maybe even in the midst, of a fourth Great Awakening. These Great Awakenings begin with spiritual discontent. The old forms aren't working. The old ways of going about church and understanding our faith uh, are not working. And we start to look through this spiritual discontent for the dawning, of a new day and a new age in religion. The message is Christianity will not be what it was. These might be hard times, but they're not end times. Now when we go through these great awakenings, we start to have questions about religion. And these questions can be put into three different buckets. The first bucket of questions is What do I believe? The belief questions. Do I believe in the resurrection? Do I believe in the bodily resurrection of Christ? Do I believe that Christ is the only way to God, that Christ is the only way to salvation? Do I believe in the virgin birth? The belief questions. The second bucket of questions is how should I act how do I act it's the behavior question how should I pray how often should I go to church every Sunday, every Sunday. thank you thank you you kind of hesitated out there you people come on <laughs> come on We'll be out in time for the football game. Okay. Um, Behavior questions. Should I forgive everyone? What is the extent of my generosity? The third bucket of questions is, who am I? This is the belonging question. I belong to the Methodist Church. I belong to the Catholic Church. These buckets and these questions intertwine. You know, it's kind of, in many cases, hard to separate them and say, oh, this absolutely belongs in this bucket. It's the religious, about religious ideas, religious commitment, and religious affiliation and in our series Colleen and I will be spending two weeks on each one of these questions the belonging question the belief questions and the behavior questions I'm gonna start with the belonging questions the the who am I question Religion as belonging. We often identify and usually identify through belonging and through our affiliations. If you're at a workshop or you're seated in a small group or at a table in a workshop, often the, the icebreaker question is, say something about yourself. Say who you are. Well, very few people, in my experience, say who they are by saying, I'm smart. I'm good looking. I'm talented. I have a bad temper. You know, people don't do that. They say who they are in terms of their relationship. I'm married to Susan. We have three children. I'm originally from Dayton. I'm a minister at King Avenue Church. All of these are relational questions that say who I am by saying what I belong to. Now, 50 years ago or so, these who am I questions were somewhat easy to answer. I'm a Methodist, I'm a Catholic, I'm Hindu." But now the lines have gotten blurred, haven't they? You know, I'm a, I'm a Methodist Jew. I'm a Hindu Lutheran. My Hebrew professor in, in, in seminary described himself as a Presbyterian rabbi. You know, these lines are a little different. It, we don't see things in black and white anymore, we don't see things in a binary fashion. There's gender identity, there's sexual identity, there's gender expression. I think this belonging question is, they're all important questions, but the belonging question I think it's very important. We've seen the ancestry.com commercials. The point of those is what tribe do we belong to? People want to know where they belong through their ancestry. I'm German Irish with a little bit of Greek and a little bit of of, uh, Italian mixed in, you know. That's where I belong. Religion itself comes from the word, you know, ligament, what binds and connects. Religion is to reconnect. It's a belonging issue. It's a reconnection to God. It's a reconnection to community. Belonging is so important politically now. Do you belong in this country? Does one belong in this church? Does one belong in this denomination? Belonging is so important. I mean, we have an epidemic of loneliness in this country. People don't feel connected, they don't feel tied, they don't feel a sense of relationship. Belonging is important. The suicide rate is increasing. You know, the sign that we're trying to save on our bell tower, that's a sign about belonging. All are welcome. It's a belonging sign. That's how we identify ourselves. It's not uncommon to get emails. I, I've said this before. I got an email this week from somebody um, who said, I'm the cousin of so and so who you went to high school with. And she told me to contact you because. I've just come out of the closet, and I need to connect. I feel isolated. She told me that I should contact you and come to your church. So I want to know, will your church accept me? He didn't ask about what we believe. He didn't ask about how we act. He wanted to know if he could belong. It's a critical question. The belonging question is, who am I? Who am I? I want to approach that who am I question By actually rephrasing it to, where am I? Who am I is kind of a static question. It's like I'm the same person all the time and I'll always be the same person. Where am I is a fluid question. It's, where where am I in my life's journey? Where I am in my life's journey geographically and emotionally and spiritually defines who I am. Got an email several years ago from someone and they said, it said, are you the same John Keeney who graduated from Fairview High School in Dayton in 1995? Did you just get that? (laughs) And I wrote back and I said, I'm John Keeney. I graduated, uh, I'm from Dayton and I graduated from Fairview High School in 1995. But I'd like to think I'm not the same John Keeney. I'd like to think I've grown up a little bit. I'd like to think I'm a little bit wiser, I'm a little bit kinder, I'm more thoughtful, more generous. I really hope I'm not the same John Keeney that I was then. Where we are on this life journey makes a difference in who we are. I asked Susan for permission to talk about her life. Um, Susan was brought up in Buffalo in a totally Ukrainian family, a totally Ukrainian Catholic family. She went away to college, and uh, people from every state, every walk of life, every country were there. I met Susan's freshman roommate, and Susan's freshman roommate said to me, do you know what Susan's mother told me when I first met her that first day in our dorm? Susan's mother said to me, all I want for Susan is that she marry a nice Ukrainian Catholic boy. Yeah, what a disappointment I was throughout. (laughs) But where Susan was, was going to determine who she was. Had she stayed in Buffalo and stayed with her family and stayed in that church, the odds of her marrying a nice Ukrainian Catholic boy would have been much higher. But she left there and traveled and became a different person and continues to become a different person. We travel through life, and who we are now is not who we were, and it's not who we're going to be. We can look at the Bible as... um, you know, a book of laws and a book of doctrine. We can also look at the Bible as a book of travel where every character in the Bible is basically moving and traveling. You know, it starts with Adam and Eve leaving the garden. And God's question to them is, where are you? Not who are you, but where are you? Because that's going to determine who they are. Abraham and Sarah leave their hometown in Ur of the Chaldees and go to Canaan and then to Egypt. Jacob and his family leave Canaan and go to Egypt. The slaves in Egypt leave and travel to Canaan. All of these are about faith journeys, and it's clear who who you are now is not who you were. I mean, there's this incredible hope that you are now a slave, and you were a slave, but you're not going to be. God is going to do wonderful things. And then into the New Testament. It begins with Mary and Joseph leaving Nazareth and traveling to Bethlehem on their faith journey. And then on to, on to Egypt. The Magi travel in their faith journey to see Jesus. Who they are is not who they were and not who they will be. Yeah. Almost every character in the New Testament travels in their faith. so that Where they are is who they are. Bartimaeus, Bartimaeus, that day, sitting there, and Jesus says, the crowd says, get up, cheer up, he's calling you. His future is very different than his present in his faith journey. It says, (laughs) and he followed Jesus On the way on the road he traveled with Jesus and his followers and that determined who he would be I mean it's like you're at Easton Mall and you can't find the store and you go to those maps those locator maps and it says you are here well you are here but it's not where you were you were in the parking garage And it's clearly not where you're going to be because you want to be somewhere else. That's this faith journey. Now, I I think this is absolutely critical to understand faith not as a static thing, but as this fluid thing where, where we're moving and growing And evolving in our faith. I think it is critical for young people, for for high school kids and college kids, as they as they encounter different beliefs and different values. And they start to have these questions, for them to realize I'm on a journey. I'm learning and I'm growing and it's going to be different and I'll awaken to new things and I shouldn't resist them. It's important for people my age, even though I would be, what would I be now? 42. Um, I encounter people my age who think they're losing their faith Because they're no longer seeing faith in in terms of, I believe this, I don't believe that. I do this, I don't do that. They too are questioning things. It isn't that their faith is dying. It's that it's changing. We move from this black and white understanding to an understanding of being in communion with God. where the questions and answers don't matter as much as the communion. Our lives in our faith journey of discovering who we are is interwoven with God's being. And in this journey, the one constant is God. When Moses asked God that question, okay, God, you want me to go to the Hebrew slaves and ask them to start this journey, who am I gonna say sends me? Who am I gonna say authorizes this? And God says, I am, which seems cryptic, but I'm not so sure it is cryptic. I mean, it's a statement, I am. You can count on that, I am, I am as you go from high school to college I am I am with you as we go through illnesses and our faith evolves God says I am I am with you as we go through divorces and moves I am that's the constant in our identity and if we believe God is with us then the the question that we want to ask for our identity and our belonging is whose am I if God is with me whose am I now you think oh my gosh is he gonna talk about that now I'm not. I'm going to talk about it next week. See you next week.